Can you hear me all right? I can hear you perfectly. Great. I got laundry in the background, so I might change rooms just so you don't hear the buzzing go off it. Dude, laundry. Laundry, man. Oh, yeah. It's laundry day. I don't know what Tuesday brings, but usually Tuesday is like always laundry day for some odd reason. As a parent, it's laundry day is every day, man. You can't, <laughs> can't escape it. I did laundry today and I ran into one of my neighbors who happens to be, I'm going to put her on blast, happens to be Nomi Fry, who's like a writer for the New Yorker, I believe. And I didn't know that she lived there until like her, I would see her husband, who's like this like artist um, that would come out. And it's just like right by my laundromat. I was like, wait, I know that guy. And then I was like, <laughs> if I know that guy, I know that he like is married to Nomi. And I'm just like, wait, Nomi fries my neighbor. And I would never see her. I only saw her husband. But for like the longest time, man, I've been in my neighborhood for like three years or so. And and then now all I see is Nomi Fry, which is crazy. And I introduced myself. And today I actually introduced myself or not I greeted her um after seeing her on my way to laundry and she's like out the door and then she writes on her threads instagram's new you know twitter killer yeah being like this morning i i look like i am dressed out of this coppola film uh, american graffiti and i like i don't know what you say when like you thread back i (laughs) i i threaded i like literally I said underneath that I can confirm Nomi Fry after I greeted her looked exactly like the 1973 film American Graffiti. And she followed me back and was like, oh my God, this is true or something like that. And and I was like, <laughs> can it be the other way around though? But can you follow me on real Instagram instead of threads? You know, it's like, <laughs> this doesn't count. This yeah, doesn't I'm, count. I'm still not even on Twitter. <laughs> I I missed it. I missed all of it. Not on Twitter, not on TikTok, not on Threads. Twitter's fine. Uh, I was I was on Tumblr until I like full on forgot my password and the email's so old. Tumblr, Tumblr, like people are actually as we speak trying to bring Tumblr back. Like the people are trying to bring Tumblr back, not Tumblr. Tumblr is trying to kill Tumblr, but the people want Tumblr back. Like. They are, tr- I mean, funny that like you, you know, you're at Squarespace, but like the people are trying to like somehow integrate their like portfolio into Tumblr and use Tumblr as a site again. Dude, I swear these trends, Gen Z, millennials, I I can't, <laughs> I can't. Like everyone wants to bring the past back, but Tumblr for some odd reason. So like my old student mate, Hassan Rahim, he's like, he tweeted, he's like, I'm trying to like update my Tumblr, but like Tumblr is literally, the code has just been like messing with it. And so he's like tweeting back at David Rudnick, what should I do? And I'm just like, this is hilarious. Like design kings are like going off about Tumblr now, right now. And like Tumblr is like having all this press with these like huge designers. And instead it's just like killing its own code. And I'm like this dork on like twitter just like reading all this shit from afar i'm like this is true this is true it it's funny it what tumblr reminds me of 
these days is like the last rows of like some of the venues out in LA when I was growing up. And it's almost like this funny subculture where it has become such a place where it's like, uh, been there, done that, and just out in the kind of weeds where like no one really goes there to look at anything. No. So it kind of has this microcosm of like subculture tied to it, which is funny because I don't know. I always, I always listen to and like reread uh, Collage Culture, uh, the book that Brian Brunder designed with uh, Mandy Kahn and uh, who was the other, I think it was. Andy something but it's basically it just talks about like subcultures and uh how that interweaves itself with collage culture and the idea that you know in today's age what is subculture if everything is accessible um but it's funny because with the internet their argument was the death of subculture is kind of within the internet because everything is everywhere but there's these like kind of weird spaces that because we have so much access to everything you can't see everything all you know no one could digest everything so it is this kind of funny space where tumblr has kind of been this like forgotten child where even the people who made it are just like just please let it die and people there are like no no this is where our community is <laughs> the people the people it's it's crazy because also trend cycles are also saying that they want to bring Flickr back and and i'm telling you that every year you're trying to bring Flickr back and it's never coming back. It's never. Man, I forgot back. about Flickr. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, you know, it's just all the same, different, different skins. Can't believe there's like, there's threads now. I, it's one of those things I, I can't keep up. Like I barely keep up with Instagram. Oh, like it, I, I try, I try to like post what I post and then I'm just like, what am I doing here? Yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> what am I doing here? I'm we're like all adults and so we just can't keep up and obviously the kids like they have nothing better to do so they're just like I'll hop on any platform but like you said there's just so much happening all the time like how can you consume everything oh dude I people say that I go out all the time I miss all of the all the events because I only go to one I'm like that's all I can handle but then there's all all these other events that's happening and i'm just like yeah i'm not doing it but i also forget about it too yeah i mean it's i mean new york is about just going to events and you know it is this kind of perpetual wheel of just like go out do this thing same people you know different scene here there and other places um i've been trying to like at least figure out what i want to do when i'm going to events because a lot of times i just get so sidetracked and just I love seeing my friends, but also like I'll go to like a event. I'll be like, I totally didn't even look at the work. Like, what happened? <laughs> That's exactly me too. We just go to the gallery space, catch up, forget about the art. Yeah, I mean it. It is. It is like you know, community is a big thing. Mama Chong, she's just all about community building. So I kind of, kind of just like events are good to just have your community always there, you know, put someone up on a pedestal, enjoy their work, see the friends, figure out something new to make. But yeah, no, it is one of those things where I'm trying to be a little more conscious about when I go to an event, just making sure that I either go at a time when I can see what it's all about, or just know that I'll have to make two trips. 
love that you brought up community. I enjoy community. There, I think that everyone, I was just talking to this new friend. He runs this company called Pinterest or Pinterest. Why do I keep saying that? Pinterest. <laughs> he runs this company called Pinterest. And his name is Andrew, I think Andrew Young or whatever. And we were talking about like different like groups of friends that people have. Like everyone has different groups of friends. And I I have the same personality within all, but I feel like with every group, I always have to like sw- switch it up the conversation. You know, it's like, so if you're a dad, you're you are a dad and you bring, you know, you bring your kid. I'm like switching up my my brain to be like, okay, no cursing, you know, because I love to curse. It is, it is, you know, it's one of those things where at a certain point you can filter what you say, but it's it's kind of no holds bar. I mean, Domino is a junkyard baby. She just hangs out at the lot. Not the. It's funny because every time I say the lot, everyone thinks the one up in Williamsburg, the radio station one, uh, the New Day crew, which is like if you've been there, it's just. You know, there's a container full of like motorcycles and random ass shit, and then just a bunch of old beater trackers. Um, and then, we, of course, they got the garage. So it's like, if she's on one of those, she's probably overhearing someone cuss. So it's as as a parent, you know, you try to do your best, but they'll they'll soak up everything. And it's New York; you can't walk by, you know, a block without hearing someone, you know, yell at someone. That's so true. If I grew up as a kid like a baby and as a kid in new york city i think i'd be trilingual by now because of like all of the different communities speaking different languages and i would pick up different languages and i would ask like my parents oh what are they speaking i want to learn that and i'm just like saying it back i mean i'm i don't think i would do that but like i i feel like i mean i don't remember what i did from one to 13 but i'm sure i said a lot of shit and i think that was like the best thing you know as like boys you just wanted to know all the curse words right yeah i mean i think that's it's kind of the the ugly words the forbidden words it's fun you know that it it's the first act of like rebellion where you're just like wait a minute there's something that someone doesn't want me to say and so that like enticing moment um I mean, it's the same with like, you know, you know, candy, popsicles, any, any of that shit where it's just like, we'll go to the grocery store and Dom will just be like, can we get this? I'm like, no, that's a straight sugar kid. Like you were not going to sleep and I'm going to kill myself. Like, <laughs> like I, I need you to take a nap and I need you to go about at the right time so I can just be a functioning person. That's so true. That's so true. All right, King. Do people out on the street call you King? Ooh, it comes and goes. It's funny. I think it's like there's so many mats out there, you know, mm. uh, like at least in the garage, there's three mats. So it kind of ebbs and flows depending on which crew I'm with and how many mats are in the immediate vicinity of me. So, yeah, definitely my old boxing coach used to call me King. Like that was like strictly what like his nickname for me was. I'm just going to hold back and just bounce back and forth throughout Please. this episode. Where, where, where were you feel? You know, one person recently at a fucking barbecue called me Maddie Daddy, which that was <laughs> that was aggressive and that was a little bit too much where I was just like, hmm, that one did not feel good. <laughs>
it's Rashad, and this is Wear Many Hats presented by Disarm. You can check out all the episodes of the Wear Many Hats podcast on all platforms and at wearmanyhats.com. Rate and comment the Wear Many Hats show on Apple Podcasts and drop five stars on Spotify. WMH and Disarm is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you. Matt King is a designer and art director based in Brooklyn, New York. Matt has been the design lead at Squarespace since 2019, but he has worked on various projects such as design art books for homies, posters for Neighborhood Watch, and has worked at many branding agencies before. But the past is the past, and here we are in the present, where me and Matt met via IG through various multiple friends, same circles. NYC is small if you think about it, and I just feel like I'm intervening in this particular part in time through our art practice. Matt is now a friend of the show and shares with me a bunch of homies that should come on the show. None of them have bit. Me and Matt met up at Ally Tattoo so I could photograph Matt in front of Commercial Type's new billboard produced by Desire and Bushwick. Then we got brunch at Winsome, shoot the shit, and learn more about each other. One of the coolest dads around, New York City is a work rodeo. Red Hook is a paradise. We're going back to our youth, blasted youth. Please welcome Matt King to wear many hats. Thanks for having me on. I mean, I it's one of those things where ever since uh, Jay was on, I've been like, we've been trying to just like hang out and just shoot the shit because I feel like all our circles led to each other. No matter what, I would, I would be in one circle with Jay and, you know, you would come up. I would be hanging out at entrance and you would like, it would always just be bouncing back and forth. So finally here. Finally here. It has brought us to here. And and yeah, that episode with Jay. Wow, many moons ago. Yeah, that was that was a hot second. But yeah, I mean, you, you've been you've been going off. You've been doing this for a good while now i have been when i meet new people out and we become friends and then they learn about this podcast and then they like at another function i meet up with them and then they introduce me to their friends they're like oh this is rashad he has a podcast i'm like can you not can we not (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i mean yeah what what was your journey on this like what was it just a moment where you're just like yeah i know a lot of cool people like let's just shoot the shit know a lot of cool people wow that's that's very flattering in philly everyone knew everyone in philly and everyone was basically a micro celeb in philly so and philadelphia is where i'm from and so everyone was like oh rashad knows everyone I'm like dude so do you you like <laughs> we go the same the same things and somehow like that just was in my blood ever since being like a like our producer or whatever and then being in new york just kept that same same thing going and then i was like all right maybe i should just like throw this into like a podcast or whatever but when going back to when people introduced me as rashad and he has like a quote unquote cool podcast to follow i'm like let's keep that on back burner you know like let's keep, yeah. <laughs> like let's uh let let you know the mystery let it like unfold in time like when people just do like a google search or something like that because here right, for, right. 
for like some reason we've been friends for almost a year but we never knew anything about each other sure creative but when I look at you you don't give me design or maybe I'm design fatigued but when you look at me I'm definitely giving podcasts uh I don't know I think I think it's like one of those things where you you're one of those characters that in 20 years people will go to you and be like hey do you have any documentation of this event or of this time like it's funny because i picked up the April book i guess it's been a few months now but they're kind of like anthology of just like the past past however since they started but like the documentation that they have of that is actually pretty amazing and just to see that community grow and see all the people kind of ebb and flow inside and out of it um but I feel like that's kind of, you're kind of the keeper of tales. Like if this was like some kind of fantasy, you would you would be the dude in like a library with all the scrolls, just be like, hold on, I got you, kid. Yeah, eight ball community. I mean, I ran into a homeboy the other day, the, the guy that runs eight ball, and he is, I used to run into him all the time. And we would show, like, we, we would know each other by faces, but like, he is, he is, gray-haired it's like eight ball community. i mean so so have i man it's you know i i i didn't think i was doing that until but then i had a kid i was just like oh shit i'm <laughs> i'm tired salt and pepper like i i just yeah i do remember i mean he, they eight ball man do you remember do you remember the gl line Lorimer Metropolitan. What? Yeah, when they had the newsstand. The newsstand, yeah. Do you remember the newsstand? Yeah, yeah. My, it's, when I first moved out here, I was out here for a summer uh, hanging with my sister. She was going to SVA at the time, back in 2012. And she was off the Nostrin stop. So for me to get to work, I, I think I, would, I couldn't remember if it was open then or if it was like a year or two later. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely remember walking by that. Uh, and it was funny because didn't they redo that in the MoMA too? Like they didn't they like transplant it after? They did. So to everyone out there, the newsstand was this newsstand, but filled with zines and art books in the GL connecting stop from like Williamsburg. Yeah, it was, it was right where that like bodega would have been. Right. But it, it was one of those special little little shots where it was just it was what it was and there was just nothing else to it where it was just like here's a cool little art bookstore like there's nothing no no major hype around it it was just like right. people doing what they love and just like this is where we are so it it was it was honestly like one of those times where i don't think it would happen again but i hope it does it's crazy that there's like and then at, when they moved out then it was still a regular newsstand like that sold like newspapers and candy but now there's like nothing there like they it's like nothing yeah yeah i mean i don't, I don't even go to that like that that's like since i'm in red hook now i'm just like kind of sea hillbilly so i never go up that way i'm always i'm always there in that little connecting thing only because i just go to greenpoint to think but that might all change and go to Red Hook, honestly, to think. Red Hook is come on, Come on down. It, it's, it is one of those places where you get to know everyone real fast, especially during winter. 
especially during laundry day. The, there's like one laundry spot in all Red Hook, and just if you're there in the winter, people are like, "How long you been here?" It's like real, real fast how how you meet everyone. That is kind of a funny little spot. Does that laundry mat? Is it just a regular laundry mat? Or does it have like everything? They like outsource their like dry cleaning and stuff like that, but you know, it's like they got the machines. It's just like it is what it is. It's right next to Lobster Pound, so that's like that's the laundry mat. I think I've walked by that that place before. Do you get a lot of stuff dry cleaned these days? I do because I shouldn't wear nice clothes, but <laughs> I don't know why. But I do. You know, all my hobbies should lead me away from nice clothes, but yeah, I end up wearing nice things and getting them destroyed. So then, you know, being a dad, so it it tends everything tends to get destroyed. Nothing sacred. Nothing sacred. You're actually doing Carhartt shit in your Carhartts. <laughs> I'm, I'm. That's the thing. I don't wear Carhartts when I should. So, yeah, debatable. Friend and guest of the show, Jay Kim. He's always like, he, he's always wearing workwear, or he's like very appropriate for what he's doing. The fits are on point. When I see you, like currently right now, you're in a, a wife respecter. You, you like I feel like a little tank top and nice pants is is my look. That, that's usually it, it's my look. look right? It's like it's it's lo-fi. It's like uh, trashy but classy. That's so good. I'm I'm the opposite, which is a good thing, I guess. But I don't mind being trashy. I mean that that's that's your style. It's like it's style is style is like as long as you feel comfortable in it, like people notice. Like Jay, Jay style is that's Jay. Like you, you put Jay style on me. Like I can maybe rock a part of the look, but like I can, I can do it the way Jay does. No, and that that's the thing about you know, like even even just like growing up in punk scene, like everyone had their own crazy looks, but you just did your own thing, and everyone was like, yeah, that's punk, cool, all right. But you're from Los Angeles, right? So did you yeah. rock the, the, the flannel look? I didn't. Uh, probably, yeah. In like 2011, I did flannel. But before that, it was like leopard pants, oh, uh, terrible mohawk. Uh, I had like clothes like had all patches on it. Like just just funny, silly stuff like that. In Los Angeles, did you also box or when you came to Los Angeles or when you came to New York, that's when you started boxing or were you always a boxer? No, I, I got started with my Over stepbrother when I was 10. Uh, yeah, so I, I went to this uh, gym called uh, Wildcard back in the day um, and with Pepe O'Reilly. I'm not sure if you know boxing, but uh, Manny Pacquiao trained with, uh, trained with Freddie Roach there. He owns Wildcard. I used to kind of jump in with Pepper Roach's brother before he had a stroke, but that was years ago. That was, yeah, from 10 to 20. I was out there for it. It's a long time. Have you ever like been in competitions? And I don't know what your boxing career is looking like. No, it's, it's one of those things where I always, so I always did like sparring camps with like Golden Glove kids, but I was lucky enough where I had the Mama Chong. she She's in the arts, so, like, she basically bred interns with my sister and I, so 
I always had an outlet that wasn't boxing. So I knew pretty fast I didn't want to get punched for a career. So there was, you know, it was one of those things where I would go do sparring camps with all the Golden Globe kids, train with them, hang out. But there's like, especially that part time, like boxing wasn't really it's it's still like you go to any gym it's like you'll have maybe one person make it out of the gym everyone else just like it's kind of like a rough story so it's like i was lucky enough to have that out where i was like all right i got art like i don't i don't need to be punched to make it a living no man that would have been you would have lived a totally different life you would have no teeth i could see it now <laughs> I could see it yeah now. i mean probably probably still back in LA, you know, I don't know. It's one of those things where it, I'm not that competitive. Mm -hmm. It's, I feel like I should be, but nah, never really had that drive. No, that's good. That's actually pretty good. I, I am competitive. Not saying I'm trying to have like the best podcast in the world or anything like that. I do want to one day get up there to being like, Oh, like I'm, good at something because right now i just have like a bunch of things that i do that i love to do but they're not necessarily in well in my mind i think that they're actually good i'm just like serving the people basically do you equate competitive competitiveness with craft sometimes kind of, or, or is that like your drive to hone your craft i think that's my drive that's really good okay yeah i it's always funny to like I've always tried to re-examine my like process and methodology of like what pushes me. Mm -hmm. um, and I was talking to uh, Lise yesterday um, who runs Mellow about like side projects. And she was, she was asking if I was like doing any more bike builds and stuff like that. And I was just like, I haven't really been, not that I'm not excited about bikes, but for me to need and to want to do something in any kind of practice, I need to be excited about concept or, be excited about a technique totally and i feel like with bikes i built the chopper i got the other bikes they're all running they're doing their things but there hasn't been anything that was like you know what that's the technique i want to use to build another bike or that's what i want to do to change the bike i have um and i think that's the same with like right now i'm like very i'm getting back into screen printing mm -hmm. um just because it's one of those mediums where it's just kind of, it is what it is. You know, you can't have so much control. You, of course, you know, like there's professional printing machines, there's professional printing X, Y, and Z that like the craft is there. But for me as like a DIY kind of, you know, hobby kind of punk kid, like it is just what it is. And like you, you just have to accept like the flaws are part of it. So that's what's exciting me right now about that. But I guess that's that's where I'm trying to figure out. I think that's where my drive is, is when I get excited about a process that's a little bit unknown. Or when I get to collaborate with someone, I'm just like, I, I never would have thought of that. Like, no. this is something I would never make. So I think that's that's why I'm like in screen frame right now. Because when you don't have that control, you're like, well, I wouldn't have done that on my own, but it came out kind of cool. Yeah, because you can't have flaws in building a motorcycle. Oh, I mean, oh, you can't. <laughs> yeah, come come see my bike. You'll, if you look if you look close enough, Jesse Donaldson knows he he'll he'll be able to point everything out. But 
you know, there, there's, there's a way to engineer a bike mm-hmm. and then there's a way to, uh, you know, hillbilly a bike together. Damn hillbilly a bike together. Have you done any cross country trips as of late? No, the last one I did was with Jesse in mm-hmm. 2016. Um, but yeah, haven't done, haven't done anything since, uh, it's mostly just like upstate trips and just like here and there. I mean, especially with the kid, like I'm, there's not much like time to really get, get that much away, but it's also one of those things where I feel like that kind of trip was maybe that was my most competitive, mm-hmm. but it's very like self-driven competitive. And maybe that's boxing as I've always been like internally driven to prove to myself I could do something, but not against someone else. And that that cross country trip was like, you know what? I bet I could do this. So in twenty sixteen, yeah. I I wish I had a bike and could do some upstate trips. Damn, I love going upstate. It it's fun. It's like you you forget how green New York is mm-hmm. and like how how you know you just get an hour outside of New York and it's it's kind of like you know, this country. Great country. Man. I mean, yeah, it, it's, it's not like, you know, Minnesota country or just like Yellowstone, but it's, it's fun. Screen printing, man. Are you screen printing in, in Red Hook? Cause like Red Hook has like a bunch of like warehouses and factories and whatnot. Or are you just going somewhere else? Or are you just doing it in your home? No. I, I just uh, set up a little space in my spot. Let's go. Um, but it's really just, you know, make the space where you can. That, that's also kind of, you know, the shop motto is uh, professional problems, amateur solutions <laughs> at Paradise. So it's always just you do what you can with what you got. That's so true. That, I mean, I think that's what New York's all about. We just like use our resources, basically. Yeah, I mean, and there's always, you know, there's always someone or some group willing to, like, lend a hand or do something fun with it. Um, and I, I feel like you're very good at just tapping into all the communities. Um, I'm just lucky enough to have a weird, a very weird community on Red Hook of just makers mm-hmm. that just have a bunch of different types of spaces. So... Yeah, I mean, like, I'm not sure if you know Brian Broker. He runs uh, Shameless with Troy. Um, but he has, like, a huge warehouse in Red Hook. And, like, we've done everything from making, uh, like, parking ticket Noguchi lamp uh, lights to, like, helping him pack up his fucking, like, assembly line of maybe, like, 3,000 mugs he made for McMaster Car, which is, like, a fabrication company. But they sell nuts and bolts, but he made, like, uh, just a joke cup about them and just like sold maybe like 3000 units. But it was like one of those things where, you know, he's very good at just getting a really good idea and just fully just committing to it. Um, but sometimes it's just like one of those things where he's just like, <laughs> we'll, we'll go to a shop and it'll just be like, you know, boxes on boxes on boxes of just like cups. And it's just like, I need help packing all these right now. <laughs> And so the crew will just like head down and do it. That's amazing. Um, a utility, like it's just a whole line 
it's like a factory line we're all yeah, yeah. I mean, basically it, factory it was, workers it was i think it was like the whole new day crew a bunch of the paradise crew <laughs> and we we were in there for like maybe three four hours just like uh we would take out the cups of like the from the like printers we had like repackaged them in like brian's like to go boxes and so it's just like 15 of us just like you know at first like it's always the text message of just like who wants to have beers tonight yeah and then as soon as you get there you're like oh it's not about beers is it <laughs> like we're, we're doing we're doing some weird project tonight um so yeah we just ended up doing that um but yeah there's always something weird like that where you could find the space or um you just kind of got to make it damn the homies i like also love that i like tap and you think that i tap into like all these different um crews i'm just like the fly on the corner you know i do i do enjoy i mean i'm not into i don't eavesdrop but like i mean who can't if you're if someone's talking really loud and dropping like uh corporate secrets (laughs) i'm gonna fucking talk about it on the show bro yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, I mean, New York is just, everyone's business is everyone's. It's hard it's hard to keep it all, you know, close to the chest, which is a blessing and a curse, you know, especially in, as an NDA. Yeah. <laughs> Fair, yeah, pro- probably probably true for New York City. That, that could be New York's next slogan once they kill the, what is it, We Heart? Dude, I forgot about that. Yeah, we'll we'll just do we'll do full circle. It'll just go back to Fear City, and then there is no NDA. You know, we'll then we'll just somehow get back to iHeart. That's that's crazy. I just I f- totally forgot about that. I mean, I mean, it, yeah, it's no airport's gonna do. I don't think that. I feel like that's how I judge it. Is if I go to the airport and I see like a tourist shirt that's if I see a tourist shirt that says We Heart New York, then I'll be like, oh, they finally killed it. They finally killed. I feel it. like, yeah. yeah. Th- I feel like no one's gonna, no one's gonna stop selling the iHeart New York shirts though. No, 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 no. And speaking like, when right when that came out, I, they were still selling iHearts, and it speak like it's kind of funny because when the We Heart logo came out, everyone was just like slandering this like designer, and then the iHeart homeboy like legendary designer it's just so funny how designers are can be like trending or whatever and like as superstar graphic designers so like friend and guest of the show jamie mars she wrote on threads yes i'm mentioning threads again (laughs) saying who is the gen z jessica walsh and how can we get interview mag to talk about them the way they do about gen z photographers and I think that's so interesting about just designers, you know, once they like come out with like this logo or whatever, and they just become so hot for a second. And then if it's a bad logo, people are just going to go off. But then the outside yeah. world's like, who are these people? And then we're just like, we know. I, I think it's, this like probably stems back to my like no competitive drive, but like, mm-hmm. Being a famous designer is like being a famous dentist. No one gives a fuck. Like at a certain point, like it's cool in the community. It's but 
I don't know. It's it's one of those things where the more and more I'm in it, the more and more I'm like nine to five. I love my craft. I love doing it, but I don't I don't need it to be like rock star status, which I think no. you know post post like Sagmeister and that kind of era of like uh, just kind of designer as bad boy or like you know personality. Like it was almost personality more than design, which you know the designs are great, but it was coinciding with like they were living this like quote unquote like their life of you know what they were making which is cool i mean like the last one i would say is like uh Ica from um uh what's that german um port they did all the nike stuff um uh, but he he's like mostly an artist now that just um just makes like large paintings but I feel like art as design has always been a funny one where you do design enough for clients, you try to get notoriety, and then you just end up doing design as art. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I have so many friends like that. It's kind of crazy. Do you know Othello? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's funny. I've, I've met him a lot long time ago through bikes and we still like we'll randomly just talk on instagram because he was working at all day every day yeah back in the day <laughs> and i was like i was really interested in that studio when i was like first in the branding world but i never got my act together to go talk to him but yeah no watching watching his career just like pivot has just been awesome to see i know i'm surprised i don't have any like paintings by him yeah, but it's just like the same thing with, I mean, yesterday I was talking to Braulio Amato, you know, another like amazing illustrator, designer, and I'm just like, and we only talk via DM, but that's like another, to him, he's obviously not like a celeb designer, but like to the outside world, everyone, like my mom and my dad could be like, yo, I like his work. Cause he's seen posters. They've seen posters of his work at my house. And I'm just like this design to illustrator to painter pipeline. It just never ends. Yeah. I mean, uh, it is funny cause design itself is a trade, but design as art is a practice. And mm-hmm. so it is, it is one of those things where it's always really interesting when design as art kind of it will always ebb and flow within the industry of mm-hmm. is it commercial is it you know artist like kind of gallery work um and it design is this funny space where it can it's like photography where it can go into both mm-hmm. depending on the context and depending on not the medium but i guess the community maybe right because you know you could have Braulio do logo for a multi-million dollar company mm-hmm. it'd be awesome um but then like all this good room stuff is like that's that's where everyone like sees his art and that's where everyone sees his design stuff like that um but it, it's always funny how it can kind of jump back and forth on the line like it's not just strictly like this has to be gallery um right but yeah, I mean, there's so many, there's so many people doing that. Like uh, Bijan who runs Fisk, mm-hmm. um, and then Chris Burnett, who's I think he just got signed on to one of the agencies out here. He's a collage artist, 
Um, but yeah, it, it's one of those things where it, I feel like the design world is kind of changing in this more expressive way, which is nice. That's good. That's good. Cause that's what we need. Cause I, I mean, you know, I just want to do my silly freelance, silly nine to five job and just move on with my life. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the thing. It's just everyone, everyone has the thing to pay the bills. Like, you know, whenever I was at agencies, there was like three types of projects. You had your bread and butter project, which, you know, just kept the lights on. You had, you know, your fun project, which could be a little bit of, you know, a little bit of money, but it's more just like, it's a cool client, maybe it'll lead to something else, who knows. And then you have your portfolio pieces that like get you put on the map for either design world or future clients mm -hmm. that like suck money. So it was like, you kind of went through the cycle at agencies of just like, which one were you doing? Yeah, agency life back in the day, but we've all moved on to greener pastures. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Work, work is, you know, it, some people can make work their hobby and not their personality. Cause like that seems a little bit mean, but some people are really good at making work their focus. Mm -hmm. And like, I have respect for that. Cause I have such, like, I get excited about too many different hobbies and things where as soon as I see something else, I'm like, all right, I got to do this after work. Um, and so I, sometimes I wish I was like, man, I wish I could just like be good with work and then just like do absolutely nothing. I know. I think about that all the time because another friend of mine, she was like, is that what you do? Is that like, is, are you just creative 20? Do you do creative work 24 seven? Like, is that your job? And I just, I never put that into perspective. I never thought about that. I'm like, I like another friend of mine he he wrote out saying like i'm lucky to just do creative stuff like all day or whatever and i'm just like i don't really think about it anymore you know that honeymoon stage is it's not over but i just like it never crossed my mind because like that's it's kind of like what we do now yeah well i mean that, that just goes back to like design as art design as trade because it's you know the nine to five is the trade, you know, like you, you have the thing someone is specifically paying you to do, but it straddles this line of, you have this creative drive and this artistic need to make more of it. But sometimes you're just hired for the trade or sometimes, you know, the project just demands the trade and not the artistic. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's all artistic and, you know, like it ebbs and flows, but I, I think as a as a craft or even as like an industry, it's just one of those things where it's hard to find yourself in that perfect situation. Because I think no matter what, even if you're doing fun projects, there's always going to be that moment where you're just like, wow, this client sucked. <laughs> it's like, cool work, but man, they were real assholes. Like, so, so that's, that's, you know. And unless you're, unless someone's paying you specifically to do whatever you want to do day to day, like if that's nothing great, you know, like if someone just paid me just to like walk around and get inspired and then maybe make something, would love it. Sure. Same. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm just hired for my good looks and personality. That's basically, yeah. It. 
I mean, as you should be. <laughs> Don't downplay yourself. I think it's also funny, you know, when you're looking at, you know, festival flyers or whatever, like bands or musicians these days that are playing shows. I feel it's funny that like everything is a brand now. Like bands have always been brands forever, but like looking up their like name in lineups and they have their own brand identity is like hilarious, you know? Like Ozzy like dropped out, but I can't like looking at Ozzy's like right. Like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is you know, branding is just another way of just like saying style. Basically. Um, Cause you know, it's like how do you express your personal style when it's not physically you there or yeah. X, Y, and Z of aspects. So yeah, I mean it's everyone has a brand. I don't like that being the catch-all for what people use it for because i think it commodifies or it like expects people to then profit off said thing Mm -hmm. um which you know that's why i kind of like style or you know just because it is like that is who they are that's what their essence is but they just exist they're not trying to do x y and z with it it just it, it is what it is it really is uh, enough like design branding talk it's like sometimes i joke about how like us designers when we talk go in this like d- design hole and we talk about it it just like <laughs> to everyone out there they're like wow what well that's what that's what i'm about? saying there's, so there's no like being a famous designer is being a famous dentist like totally maybe 20 people and <laughs> That's about it. So, yeah. But you know what? You are one of the dads I know out in New- all of New York City. But like, that's also loves to blast on social, like how cool it is to be a dad. Because like, I'm here for the dad stories. By the way, I mean, yeah. it being being a dad is is wild. I was terrified. Uh huh. Absolutely fucking terrified at first. But yeah, no, it's like Dom Domino is just like she's she's a little junkyard baby. She she's here for it all. And plus, you know, the community definitely she's being raised by wolves. So it's it's a good she's gonna be a good one. Already. Does she draw like does she draw stuff like on her on her arms like as tattoos? Cause like <laughs> another good friend of mine when like their kids when they first saw like my like tattoos many years ago i didn't think that they would like start drawing on themselves and be like oh like this is what rashad would like this is what rashad would have and i'm like damn i don't even know what to say after that and i'm like (laughs) is that is that a good thing is that a bad thing like yeah it's she's just so funny she definitely loves temporary tattoos. It was funny. Elena and I were talking about it, and it was like one of those things where we we were talking about like what would be the thing that you would be like, oh, you can't do this. And I forget what how it came up, but Elena was just like tooth gems. Can't have her doing tooth gems. I'm like, of all the true. things you feel, it it's just like funny how you know like fully tatted, and like you know, there's so many other things that are just like tooth gem is where you draw the line it is, it is funny because i'm excited i'm excited to see how dom rebels like mm-hmm. i because it's one of those things where you know 
my mom she was she's an artist and just like super weird rad person all around and she raised my sister and i with like just a pack of drag queens and just like bands and stuff like that that she would just hang out with um so rebelling was hard because she would just call me out of my shit like in my punk days she would just like walk up to me and be like looking good hot topic and i would just be like damn damn it Like, like damn that that like kind kind of right through to me yeah i was a mall rat growing up but my dad didn't call me a mall rat i'd be like damn (laughs) that'd be something i think it's just like what i'm curious about is just you know there's so many so many new like subcultures so many new new things that are like popping up every day and it's gonna be funny to see what like what shocks me and i'm just like whoa didn't see that coming right so that that's why i'm more excited about it because that i don't think i don't think there's anything that i would like stylistically where i just like you know what it's not for me but like that's that's all it is it's just not for me like dom could do it no face tats yeah i mean that's that's the thing it's just like at a certain point i'm just like all right if you're if you're old enough and this is like your life like who am I going to say? I, I can't be like, you know, so I could be true. like, hey, maybe maybe start somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it is funny because uh, when I worked at like Inked Magazine back in the day, mm-hmm. it was always this funny thing where, you know, there was just like such a such a thing where no one wanted. Like, especially when I didn't have a lot of tattoos when I was young, I would like go in a place and I'd be like, oh, can I get one like X, Y and Z here? Like on my arm, they'd be like you want to start farther back up or like you know like in places where you can hide Mm. and then like as tattoo culture became so just common like you know people are just like first tattoo is like straight on the knucks or like right on the neck you're like all right cool like that that's great going hard i couldn't i couldn't do it but then now i have like a hand tattoo and i like stare at it all the time but now i forget but you got you've been getting inked like every it feels like every month. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. After the pandemic, I feel like I've just been catching up. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those things where I don't know. Just it's it's one of those. I think it's the style. It's you know, it's definitely the aesthetic that I go for. Um, that makes me feel comfortable. Um, but it is funny because I do realize that like a lot of my friends are just like tattooed Asian bikers now. It's just like, <laughs> it was just like a subgenre of just like all of us are just like, that's hilarious. That's hilarious. Yeah. Cause I wasn't going to ask like, you know, usually if there's like a, the right person that comes on, like they're, they have this look where, okay. Or this conversation that, makes you ask all right like what's your what's your sign or like what's your horoscope but for this particular thing it's like i don't usually ask people like where they're from or anything like what their background is but Mm -hmm. like if we're all it's like the spider-man meme you know where they're all pointing at each other yeah it's like asian biker like asian biker like it's right there yeah, I mean that you know, like all all of us are just basically like we'll go to, you know, uh, David Ern- 
Noel's like little garage and it'll just be, you know, just all of us just going like, hey, you know, just pointing at each other. Just <laughs> yeah, or it, it it is funny because um even even through like Paradise, it's just I feel like we collect that collect, but like we we're just kind of a beacon for mm-hmm. just Asian bikers <laughs> with tattoos. Cause I think there is it is one of those bike bike world is just like it's the same as you know any other subculture where you have you have a very funny like you know like a macho scene where it's like they watch too many sons of anarchy and they're like this is my personality now and you're like mm-hmm. cool whatever um but it it is it's funny because i feel like our shops are very much just like here's where the asian biker guys come to hang out um and specifically like here's where the ones that are like in the creative industry <laughs> so we're all just a bunch of sensitive asian bikers <laughs> sensitive asian bikers love that with, with a lot of tattoos with a lot of tattoos where is a place to hang your hat on it's a new segment of the show that we have started introducing um when i went to Noel noel's like garage i saw that like one of the Dessart tote bags I gave him that was hanging in the garage. And I was like, that is perfect. But like has nothing to do with like hanging your hat on. But I feel like that garage is like where he would want to go, you know, at the end of the day to just like get a release or something. But I can't speak for now. So. Yeah, I mean, so where do I hang my hat? Ooh. Anywhere where it'll it'll hang, that's that's a real thing. It's just, you know, I feel like with with my community, it's just we're all bouncing around to each other's like little spaces. Mm-hmm. So it's really just, you know, it's not one specific place, but I guess it's just the I hang my hat on community. That's great. That's good. Not not one, but all. All, all communities. Yeah, ever ever ever. I'm just throwing my hat to each friend, and they're just holding it. That's good. That's good. I couldn't. I mean, catch me at one of the barbecues. I'm there. Yeah, you better be. Now, now that we're uh, now that I came up to um, your neck of the woods, you gotta come down to Red Hook. I'll I'll be there. I love Red Hook. Everyone, I mean, everyone that knows me knows that I love Red Hook, which is I don't really advertise it that much, but I do. You, you heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> you love you love you love Red Hook. Yeah. Done. <laughs> love it. Hats off to you and everything that you do for some Desire Wear Many Hats solutions. Let's make a Wear Many Hats work rodeo book. Like you mentioned about how that the eight ball community made that book. We should definitely make a Wear Many Hats book one day. I'm down. Uh, right now, I'm working with Elise. We're going to do like a little screen printing project. So we're going to do like a DIY like shirt and uh, like print night. So we'll do, if Lou sends me the, their logo, we'll do like New Day, Paradise, and Mellow. And nice. we're going to do like custom shirts and stuff like that. But probably just have it at Elise's uh, shop at Mellow. But it should be end of the month. So I'll let you know. We love Mellow. I was just packing that Elise? cowboy boot <laughs> away. I mean, yeah, uh, Elisa's been, she's been jamming on a bunch of stuff. So you got to see the new stuff. It's real good. No, I can't because I don't want more stuff. <laughs> fair, fair. Yeah. No, every time I'm there, I'm like, I need five of these. I'm like, do I though? I'm like, yes, I do. 
So I feel you. If you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? Ooh, chest quote tattoo. Uh, odds are good, but the goods are odd. That makes sense. That's good. That's wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Matt, plug your socials. Where can people find you? Uh, Blasted Youth. Um, I'm not on Twitter, not on Threads, not on TikTok, uh, not on Facebook. Used to be on Tumblr. Forgot what that name was, though. But try to find me on Tumblr. What does Blasted Youth mean? Oh, that's from a David Lerner poem. He's, he's, he's a good one. Part of the Barbar poetry uh, collective mm-hmm. back in the day. But yeah, Blasted Youth. Go look up the poem. That's good. Poetry. I will. <laughs> Just, just like design, you you have five people that care about it. The rest will never hear about it. Right, right, exactly. Well, thank you, Matt, for coming on Wearing Many Hats. It was great to have you. Thanks for having me. And I'll see you around Red Hook since you love it. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> Till next time, this is Wearing Many Hats presented by Jassar. And I'm Rashad. Peace. Peace.